Hey, Leading Learning listener, if you represent a membership organization looking for ways to expand your online course catalog rapidly with high quality content, we have good news. At leadinglearning.com AMA, you can find out how to make online training from the American Management Association available to your learners. Through a partnership between AMA and Tagoras, the parent company of Leading Learning, you can give your learners access to more than 70 e-learning modules covering essential business topics ranging from leading and innovating, to managing projects effectively, to working in hybrid teams. For details on how to grow your catalog with courses from a true global leader in management training, visit leadinglearning.com AMA. If you're a leader or an aspiring leader in the business of lifelong learning, you're in the right place. I'm Salisa Steele. And I'm Jeff Cobb. And this is the Leading Learning Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 150 of the Leading Learning Podcast. In this milestone episode, we want to talk a bit about what it is we set out to achieve with the Leading Learning Podcast and some of what we hopefully have achieved with the podcast. Before we turn to that discussion, though, we want to offer a message from Next Thought, our sponsor for the third quarter of 2018. Brought to you by Next Thought, AssociationsNext.com is your opportunity to learn from some leading thinkers in e-learning and membership organizations, as well as giving you the chance to test drive the Next Thought LMS platform. In this educational series, you'll uncover new knowledge about instructional design, digital strategy, and staying true to your organization's long-term goals in the face of rapid change. Kiki Latalian, Tracy King, and Lowell Applebaum lead the first three modules, and more courses will be added on a monthly basis. Visit associationsnext.com to enroll and experience the revolutionary Next Thought LMS for yourself. And I definitely recommend that you do take some time to check out associationsnext.com. But right now, let's get back to our 150th episode and a little bit of the behind the scenes look at what we're after in the Leading Learning Podcast. And first of all, it is just flat out amazing that we are at 150 episodes. I know you checked right before we started recording this, Salisa, and we did the first episode on September 8th, three years ago in 2015. And um, I don't think either of us necessarily thought that uh, we were gonna we were gonna make it this far, but uh, but now we're here, and uh, and you know personally we've gotten a lot out of it. I, I think I know I have. Um, I have too. And uh, and certainly we want to continue. But it's a good time to, to stop and reflect a little bit on where we've gotten to and, and as you said, what, what it is we're trying to do with this podcast. Right. And the 150 felt like a, a milestone, something that we wanted to make sure to note, something to celebrate. Um, and we thought, too, that, you know, listeners, you get access to finished episodes. You get um, access to these, these edited interviews. They're pretty lightly edited usually, but still they've been edited. Um, you get access to these edited episodes um, of Jeff and I talking. And so what may not be a, as apparent to you as listeners as it is to us as hosts is just some of the overarching mindset um, and, and framework in which we approach the Leading Learning Podcast. And hopefully some of that's coming through implicitly, but uh, we'd like to make that 
more explicit, particularly for listeners who may have joined along the way. Um, we have huge thanks to any of you who have been here for the, the entire 150 uh, episodes, but we know most people have probably jumped in somewhere along the way, may jump in and out. So that may not be quite as explicit, and we, we want to make that explicit. And then also, we want to talk a little bit about this, the, the bigger picture of our work, what we do at, at our company, Tagoras, and the field the podcast is intended to serve. Um, and as it happens, we've, we've also been engaged in our work at Tagoras for roughly 10 years at this point. We actually incorporated the, the company in, in 2007, but it was really the fall of 2008 before we had fully extricated ourselves from our previous jobs and were really focused, really engaged uh, with serving learning businesses through, at that point, really our consulting and our kind of budding research services. And we thought it would be uh, interesting and, and more than that productive uh, to blend that perspective in, that perspective of, you know, 10 years in business as Tagoras, uh, to what we're going to talk about about uh, you know what we're out to achieve with the podcast, and as you said, hopefully have achieved to a, to a certain uh, degree, Salisa. Well, that's right. And so it, I was reminded in, in thinking about this um, in terms of you know what did it take to get to 150 episodes? Well, it took 149 previous episodes and uh, 10 plus years. I right. think, as, as you're suggesting there, that really. It's so much of what we have done all along the way, really even before 2008 with that, you know, Tagoras really sort of taking off. It's really just all along the way. We've both been very involved with learning and education for even more years in the past 10 years. And I was reminded of of a a story. I can't remember exactly who, you know, which author gets credited with this, but, you know, someone asks the author, you know, how long did it take you to write that that poem? And he says, uh, you know, it took uh, an afternoon and a lifetime. And I think that's what we're after here when we're talking about, you know, 150 episodes and 10 years, 10 plus years. That's true. I mean, our, first of all, our lifetimes, because we're, we're bringing that to uh, uh, the perspective that comes into the podcast. But, you know, folks who don't know us, don't know our history, you may not realize that we started getting involved in the, the lifelong learning business. Um, at that time, really e-learning more than anything else. Back in 1997, um, you know, in the go-go.com days, um, worked for a company then. We started our own company, um, sold that in 2005, and we were working for the company that bought us at the point that we decided to, to start Tagoras. So Tagoras is our second company, but we've been in this uh, directly involved in this whole business of lifelong learning really for 20 years, uh, more than 20 years at this point, which, again, very hard to believe. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, one way or another, um, whether we're wise or I don't know, but we certainly have some opinions and some perspectives at, at this point. Well, and one of the things, if we sort of, again, uh, bring our, we went wide with our lens there to talk about the the lifetime that it took to get us here. But if we narrow the, the focus a little bit more, three years ago, when we first launched the podcast, we started it as an effort to support and enhance uh, a place-based learning event. And I think that, uh, you know, for us, that was a we felt it was a valuable tactic, um, and it's one that we would recommend uh, to organizations. I mean, if you're listening to this and you're thinking about, you know, how do we enhance, extend 
our existing face-to-face events. So this could also go with an online event. Uh, but we felt like a podcast was a good way to do that, to provide some preliminary content. So attendees at the event would sort of have a baseline of uh, knowledge, uh, social learning objects that they had referenced in the, in the form of audio podcasts. And we had some other things we did as well, but that was one of them. We used some of our speakers at that event uh, for the run-up podcast and, and address some of the topical areas that we were going to address at the event. And then we continued on after the event. And then we just kept continuing because we felt we were onto something. Um, we both uh, really liked podcasting and uh, felt that the, the medium itself just has a lot of, of potential um, as a learning channel and, uh, and just something that was gratifying to us uh, personally. And so while that uh, first event, the Leading Learning Symposium, was the impetus initially for the Leading Learning Podcast, um, we really saw it as part of a, a broader effort and something worth continuing because from the very beginning, it's been about serving leaders and aspiring leaders in the business of lifelong learning. That's that little sound bit from the opening of every um, podcast episode. Maybe you're tired of hearing it by now. Maybe you even, heaven forbid, fast forward past it. But we, you know, for us, that really has been a, a focus from the very beginning. We really want to help leaders and then that next generation of, of leaders who are focused on thinking about lifelong learning from that business perspective, from really how to make it work um, and not only serve learners, but also the organization that's providing the learner, how it can um, work for that organization as well. And I think that's that's another important point in terms of applying what we're talking about here. And, and we'll, we'll talk in, in a bit, I think, about uh, how we've tried to make the type of content, the, the types of conversations that we have on the podcast, very practical, very applicable. But, you know, we tried to practice what we preach from the very beginning and, and be very clear about who our audience was and, you know, what we were trying to provide for them, which is the core of any strategy. And, you know, as, as you noted, this, uh, this was part of an event. Um, the event itself was focused in that way on, you know, those leaders and aspiring leaders in the business of, of lifelong learning. So we wanted to be very clear and crisp about who this podcast was for. And, and really, at, at this point, um, it's still the, the only podcast, uh, at least from our perspective, that really has that focus. You know, we, we've tried to, you know, be very dedicated to that particular niche audience, leaders and aspiring leaders in the business of lifelong learning. And then along the way, we've tried to get much clearer ourselves um, and, and our own perspectives on it, and then in shaping the content that, uh, that we bring to the podcast around what those terms mean, business of lifelong learning and, and leaders uh, in the business of lifelong learning. And for us, I know that certainly, you know, three years ago when we first got started, um, really our deepest experience with um, businesses uh, in lifelong learning was the association world. Right. And so that was a clear area of focus for us. Um, within the last uh, couple of years, I say th- I think we've gotten clear around the idea of, yes, we very much um, want to serve associations uh, in their role of providing professional um, education and pr- professional development, continuing education, lifelong learning. But we've also come to really want to embrace the idea that there's a sort of a broader ecosystem of organizations working in the business of lifelong learning. So yes, associations are a very important um, uh, segment of that, but there are also um, educational institutions that can serve um, this role. I'm not thinking so much about, you know, 
you know, degree granting, you know, college sort of four-year uh, type degrees, but more of um, some of the certificate programs that get run out of educational institutions. We've got training um, companies. Um, we have for-profit uh, organizations that are, are serving the needs of, of adult learners today and really trying to help fill that uh, gap and need around lifelong learning. And I think we've just become clear around the idea that these organizations, kind of regardless of how they're structured, whether they're for-profit or non-profit or, um, you know, a, a, an association, that they can learn from each other, that they can share their experience, they can share what's worked, they can share where they're still struggling, and that there's a lot to be learned all across the way. It's not so much, you know, it's not necessarily businesses teaching um, associations or nonprofits. It's not necessarily nonprofits, you know, teaching associations and, and businesses. It really is that this is an ecosystem and that people have a lot of information and experience to share. And, and it really is a different world. And I think anybody working in it probably senses that, uh, recognizes it. I mean, a, a large part of what we've wanted to do with the podcast and um, with our work in general is to help forge a sense of identity um, for the people who are, are working in the business of lifelong learning and for that that business itself, because it is different from corporate training. It is different from higher education, academia. Uh, we've started to talk about it as really a, a third sector uh, of education, you know, because traditionally we have our kind of pre-K through 12 uh, education systems, and then we have our higher education systems. and uh, But then we have what we characterize as the other 50 years, um, and that other 50 years is getting longer and longer, but it's that time when formal education ends for the average person up through certainly the end of their their working life and and these days really the end of their lives because we all have to be learning and growing and adapting pretty much right up to the end uh, at this point and I think you know what we've seen during the course of the the last three years certainly over the course of the last decade is a, a growing recognition of how important lifelong learning is, how important that other 50 years is, and the need for people to evolve and to grow and, and adapt during that time. We've got an episode uh, with the, the, the Pew um, uh, organization around the, the, the research they did with the you know, vast majority of, of people identifying themselves as lifelong learners. Um, we've referenced at times and written about uh, The Economist in recent history saying that lifelong learning is now an economic imper imperative. Um, and we thought they were a little late to the game in, in saying that. Uh, but uh, but nonetheless, you know, the, the recognition of how important this is has just grown dramatically in the, I guess, you know, the seriousness, the sophistication, the the maturity of the learning business um, ha has grown also. I mean, there's still, you know, plenty of development uh, to, to be done, and, and that's what we're uh, all about here. Um, but we've definitely seen a very a positive shift in, in the opportunity, in the practices, and in the potential of this whole uh, business of lifelong learning. And it's just at least one other um, point that supports what you're saying around the, the growth of the recognition of lifelong learning. Uh, you know, we've when we first got started, there really were no learning management systems, you know, focused on um, what we call a market-facing education business, this idea that if you need to sell to members or customers, there weren't LMSs out there set up for that. They were either set up for the corporate world where, you know, you're told by your boss to sit down at your desk and complete these, these modules, or they came out of academia where, you know, it was more of a semester-long approach but in either case, it wasn't this idea of, you know, how do you have a system that really helps you market and sell to individual learners? 
yeah, we've seen the growth in those businesses. We've seen many more consultants come along that are really serving the market-facing businesses, the the association businesses. Some of that's in areas like uh, technology selection, learning technology selection. So when when we first started doing that as Tagoris um, back in the day, we really were about the only consultants uh, doing that. I mean, some would be doing it as sort of you know side type gigs, but wasn't really their main focus. It was our main focus. I mean, we're we're actually doing less and less of that over time. But but there are other great firms coming along that are focused on that. Um, you know, uh, Terry, um, I mean, Tammy Bonnet Admi does that. Uh, John Lay with Talented Learning. Um, some good firms that are coming along really focused there, and great consultants in um, the, the just this whole business of lifelong learning in general. Uh, Tracy King was somebody that was mentioned at the uh, beginning of the podcast as part of the association's next initiative. So good people out there. You know, you used the word ecosystem earlier, just I think a a vibrant uh, ecosystem growing up around the business, which is, which is great to see. So uh, there's also involved with our perspective on the podcast, just this idea of of leaders. We just talked about lifelong learning and business of lifelong learning. Um, But then there's this notion of, of leaders. And for us, we really wanted to focus on on leaders because it's really important to have um, folks out there leading learning. And um, we feel like there are too many organizations that that where learning can play a critical role, should play a critical role, um, but they don't necessarily have kind of the, the leaders that are recognized in that effort that they're making around um, learning. And so we want to help support them. And uh, as you mentioned earlier too, Jeff, also to, to help really help them understand that they occupy a unique space, that they are leaders and learning leaders, that the, the both are, are critical, the leading and the learning. I mean, you think about it, you know, when you're running a learning business, you know, what you're offering out to the world, to, to the field or industry that you serve is, you know, usually going to be the focus. Um, I mean, you're directly trying to impact and change people's lives, change their behavior, change their knowledge. Um, I mean, that's a significant responsibility. And not only change their behavior and their knowledge, but often uh, one step away from that, then in their work, the people that they serve, you know, so if it's doctors, it's the patients. If it's nurses, it's the patients. If it's engineers, it's all of us who have to, you know, cross bridges or work in buildings. So, you know, very broad. So you're at the beginning of really a a chain of influence um, there that can have really dramatic uh, impact across whatever field or sector you're serving and, and recognizing that you're in that position. I think, you know, as you mentioned, we've traditionally focused a lot on trade and professional associations. I mean, I think particularly for those organizations where, I mean, that's why they exist is to serve a particular field or industry typically. And presumably they're all about kind of raising the bar across that field or industry. Um, you know, for those organizations, that whole idea of leading learning is extremely important, but it's also more and more important um, from the perspective of, I mean, really just about any business. Uh, I mean, you think about, uh, you know, offering educational opportunities and learning as a way to connect with your prospects and your potential customers, um, really engage them in in a new and different way and really become woven into the fabric of of their their lives. Um, So it's it's just an incredibly powerful tool. Um, And I think it takes a uh, certainly a distinctive, if not if not a unique set of capabilities and capacity for a, a leader to really be effective and really be successful um, with uh, leading learning. I think it's also worth noting that 
learning leaders, yes, they're helping other learners and they're trying to lead that, but it's really important for them to also be leading their own learning, that there's a lot to be said for just all of us embracing um, our own need for lifelong learning and recognizing that we really have to play an active role in that. And so making sure that we are leading our own learning. And of course, then if you have a team um, uh, that you're working with beyond that, then that's a really great way to set the example, you know, so that it becomes much more than just lip service about, you know, learning so important and it can have so much impact, you're out there actually doing the learning that you need to do to better serve the other learners that you're serving. And so it's really critical. I think so much more so, I mean, all leaders need to be great learners, I think. But I think if you're really trying to lead learning, it's just that much more important because it's, you know, otherwise it's going to come across as very hypocritical. Anything you you say may not be uh, given the weight that it deserves. All right. I mean, we've written before, uh, and we're certainly not the only ones, that uh, leaders need to be avatars. Uh, you, You need to be modeling what you would expect your own learners to do. And you know, our, our hope with this podcast to, to bring this back to, you know, what we've been hoping to achieve and hopefully are achieving is that, uh, is that we're helping to give leaders and aspiring leaders some content, some tools, some insights, some perspectives to, to work with. Um, starting off with, as we mentioned earlier, you know, helping to forge a sense of recognition, a sense of identity around this whole business of lifelong learning, um, kind of validating that, uh, raising awareness about it uh, just in general, because we do feel it's so important. But then as leaders, you know, to give you uh, content, give you insights, um, you know, hopefully some from us, but uh, definitely from the the, the great guests that we bring on and are able to interview um, that are, you know, hopefully going to enable you to do your job better, but then also, you know, any, any podcast episode is a great tool with your staff and your team. You know, if multiple people are listening to it, um, if you can have conversations around it, if it can become basically a, a social learning object to help spark uh, conversation, discussion, growth, learning within your organization, you know, if, if any one of the 150 episodes that uh, we've put out at this point uh, actually did that for your organization, for you personally, we would consider it a huge success. And that's probably a good place to start talking uh, about the nature of the content um, that, uh, that we've brought to the, the, the podcast and kind of how we've, how we've looked at that uh, over, over the years. Well, and we've gotten, I, I think, more... Uh, uh, We've taken more of a programmatic approach in in recent uh, months and years. Um, when we first started, as you said, we we pegged a lot of it to um, the initial event that was the impetus to it, and we drew on the the speakers and facilitators that we had at that event and the topics that we were focused on there. We've um, since developed the learning business maturity model, and um, it's roughly uh, two years old at this point, and. Um, What we've done is since we've had that um, maturity model, we have begun to align episodes with the domains that we talk about in the learning business maturity model. So we try to at least um, loosely sort of run through those five domains in each of uh, a a series of episodes over the course of um, uh, five episodes, we would get each domain with the added... um, caveat that we also try to um, vary between um, interviews and then the 
discussions between you and I, Jeff. And we also add in trends too, which uh, we don't have defined as a specific domain, but obviously we want to help keep people on top of uh, the, the major trends that are out there that they, they need to know something about and need to be doing something with. And, you know, we're not we're not regimented and dogmatic about this. If you go back and check our episodes, you won't be able to say, you know, one, two, three, four, five, we hit, you know, leadership and capacity and, you know, all of the different domains in the uh, maturity model. But the maturity model kind of is our our vision and our framework uh, behind this. And we feel like it's an important and a valid framework uh, for providing the, the content uh, and the, the, the insights that that leaders need uh, in, in the business uh, of lifelong learning. So, you know, we expect to to stay with that um, going forward. Um, you know, and we want to we want to unearth in doing that uh, ideas, um, new models that um, that are innovative, uh, that uh, that are you know represent visionary thinking that uh, we feel learning leaders need to know about. But at the same time, you know, we always strive to to ground that in the, the practical, um, certainly in the conversations that, that we have, we always try to tie it back to what, what does this really mean for you as a, a leader? What does it really mean for you and your business? So we've been trying to do that in this episode uh, even. Uh, but also, you know, in our conversations, you know, if we're talking to somebody, uh, we had a great episode about grand challenges, for example, we still want to bring that down to, okay, you know, what might you do with that within the context of your specific learning business as much as possible and try to make this, you know, real and actionable. If you're going to spend anywhere from, you know, 30 to 50 minutes of your time listening to uh, this podcast, we want you to walk out with some things that you can actually do with it. And so you've used adjectives like practical and um, um, real and, um, and I think that part of what those adjectives get at is just this idea that we really want the podcast to not only be about learning, but to also spark learning. Mm-hmm. We certainly um, have the advantage of, of getting to learn as part of our conversations with the folks that we interview, as part of our conversations with one another, as we prepare um, for those conversations with others and with ourselves. All of that is a great opportunity for us to learn. And we certainly hope that you as listeners also have um, a chance to to learn new ideas, to get new insights as you're listening. And, um, and so you know, our goal is we call them interviews um, and we do prepare for them, but we also really want to leave some space for the unscripted, for the serendipitous. Um, We really love it, especially when we can have a a conversation that actually um, reveals something that we hadn't anticipated and gives us really that, that new idea, that new insight. That's when it feels like a really great episode. Definitely. And I've, I've found personally that, um, I've become much more interested in how to become a very good interviewer over the years, which, uh, you know, when we started this, um, I'd done some podcasting before and, and I always felt like, oh, you know, I can, I can get somebody on, on the line and, and have a decent conversation and, uh, and, and it'll be fine. Um, but I think, you know, podcasting itself has grown. Um, the, the level of quality and sophistication has gone up. And as I've, as I've listened, you know, to some of those uh, people out there, you know, Krista Tippett comes to mind uh, immediately with On Being, um, you know, a really good, skillful inter- interviewer, um, well, A, is a pleasure to, to, to listen to, but B, just elicits so much, you know, from, from the conversation. And, uh, you know, I know personally I've got mile, miles to go before I get there, but it's definitely been a, a focus of personal growth. And, and also along with that, um, I had a great interview with Kiki Latalian, 
who uh, that'll air after this episode. We'll link to it once it's up, but it'll just be in a couple of weeks. And she's a podcaster, and we were talking about that, uh, about podcasting some. And, you know, I was saying, I feel like there's been a renaissance in podcasting because there was a, a bubble a while back, and then it faded off, and it seems to be coming back again. And she said, yeah, and it's really, a, for her, it's a renaissance in storytelling um, and kind of you know, getting the good stories out. Um, and in our case, you know, stories that, again, are applicable, that are practical, that actually, you know, resonate with um, our, our listeners. But, uh, you know, I, I know for me, and I think this is true for you uh, as well, Celise, so that going forward, you know, to get to get better at the, the, the interviewing, um, to you know, really just take that to a new level, to elicit more of that story, um, you know, to, to really make this something that people, you know, are just really looking forward to week after week. I mean, I hope, I hope you are now, dear listeners, but, uh, but even more so. We just, we want this to get uh, better and, and better um, in the coming 150 episodes. That's right. So in the next 150 episodes, more conversations, more stories, more insights, more ideas. That's what we have awaiting you. And all practical and useful. So that wraps up our 150th episode of the Leading Learning Podcast. And you can get show notes for this episode by going to leadinglearning.com slash episode 150. And of course, while you're there at the show notes, you're going to see the various options for subscribing to the podcast. And you know, note you can just come week after week to the, the website. We do post the episodes there at leadinglearning.com. You're certainly welcome to, to do that. You can also subscribe to receive in your inbox a basically a, a, a blog post every time a new episode goes live. So you can just click on that and get to the episode. But best of all, you can subscribe using something like uh, iTunes um, or Stitcher Radio or one of those types of apps, and then it'll just show up right there on your mobile phone, and you'll you'll always have as a, have it as an option when you're driving in the car or working out at the gym or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. So if you're getting value out of what you hear, uh, if you've enjoyed at least some of these uh, 150 episodes that we've done so far, we'd be truly grateful if you would subscribe. And if you're wondering what sort of gift we would like to mark the 150th episode, I have a great idea for you. You could take just a minute and go give us a rating on iTunes. You can do that by going to leadinglearning.com slash iTunes. That's going to put you in the right place. It won't take you long to give us a a star rating and and leave a few uh, brief comments. We really appreciate those ratings and reviews, and they help others to find the podcast. And we would be grateful if you would visit associationsnext.com, which we mentioned at the beginning of the episode. That's an initiative of Next Thought. Next Thought is our sponsor for this quarter. And, well, you know, we'll tell you one thing we've learned in 150 episodes of podcasts is that uh, your chances of getting rich off of podcasting are relatively low. But we do depend on that sponsor uh, income to to help uh, underwrite our cost of, of doing this. Obviously, you're, you're getting the podcast for free as you're going to get, you know, most uh, broadcast media. But it, it does take uh, some effort to, to make that happen and some funding to make that happen. And our sponsors are who we look to for that. So we'd be truly grateful if you would uh, show some show some love for our sponsor and go visit associationsnext.com. And while you're there, you're going to have the chance to, to learn and to experience the Next Thought LMS in action. Please consider telling others about the podcast. You can send out a tweet by going to leadinglearning.com slash share, or if tweeting isn't your thing, you can pick another social network of your preference and spread the good word. So thanks again, and we'll see you on episode 151 of the Leading Learning Podcast. <laughs>